Oh. Yeah, you're like Lincoln's <laughs> hangnail. <laughs> Hello, I'm your host, Samuel Hansen, and you are listening to Combinations and Permutations, episode 30, from acmescience.com. On this week's episode, we go into the mysterious world of the prime number where we talk about primality, various different prime number theorems, including the prime number theorem, and have a very special Veterans Day surprise. Here we go. Hello, and welcome to Combinations and Permutations, given to you by acmescience.com. That's right. We have a new website that everybody should go check out. It's actually really nice. It's a load better than the previous website. And there's links to all kinds of other cool stuff. And so now that I've done some shameless shilling, which I'll probably do again in five, ten minutes or so, I will introduce the guests. I have two guests on today's episode. The first one, the interrupter, the ruiner of surprises, Nathan Rowe. I just want to say, guys, that... Um I, I concur with what Sam said earlier. The new website is much better. Oh, thank you. He's actually <laughs> gone to it. Wow. I'm surprised that anyone who uh, takes part in anything uh, here actually, you know, looks at anything other than the table that we're recording on. At Oh, yes. Well, our secret location in the Las Vegas Valley area. And the voice that you just heard say, oh, uh. Or some other, you know, monosyllabic, uh, moaning, money, phoneme, something like that, is the one, the only, the salty dog cafe, Anthony Solari. Got that one from my dad. <laughs> T-shirt I'm wearing. But I got two things to say. I mean, it's embarrassing listening to yourself. Number one. But number two, Acme Science website. We should be like selling rockets or something, <laughs> like rocket rocket driven yeah. snow sleds or something cool that's, like that. That's that, true. That, that or so be... or like Stone Age looking catapults. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, How about just days. trebuchet? You know what? We should trebuchets. just we should just build step reckoners and sell them. Oh, trebuchets that launch step reckoners. That might, oh, that might be even trebuchets cooler. and step, step reckoners. reckoners. And we could actually just stamp acne and and then maybe science really small but you know and and it wouldn't be copyright like infringement no because um, we are acne, acne science. science well actually yes. we are currently combinations and permutations which With means <laughs> which means that we need a topic yeah, see, I was wondering, but I know you never tell us beforehand. Oh, so. uh, yeah, hopefully you, know, you have one. <laughs> <laughs> do you have one this time? I, I do. I do have a topic. I do. I, I promise that I do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's just, you know, get. Uh, no, no, I, I do. I, I pick something out because it's another one of those topics that I look at and I'm like, how the hell have we not wasted an We're hour of our lives talking about this, talking about this while recording? I, and it amazes me that we have not done it yet up until this point. But we haven't. And so now we are about to talk about 
2, 3, 5, 7, 11, 17, 19, 23, 29, 31, 37, 41, 43, 47, 53, 59, 61, 67, 71, 73, 79, 83, 89, 97, 101, and an infinite more as proven to us by Euclid. That's right. That's primes. Yes. Primes, but that's... You go. You went through that list really quick. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, I swear you skipped. You skipped twenty through fifty one. Uh, no, twenty three, twenty nine, thirty one, thirty seven, forty one, forty three, forty seven, fifty three. Yeah, I guess they go that quick. Yeah. Like it, well, usually that, when you're and I, I am a former, uh, you know, auctioneer. Uh, oh, uh, take some skills. I'll yeah. buy that for five cents. <laughs> do, do I hear forty seven for? Mm. Well, no, no. I, being an auctioneer was actually a very, very interesting thing to do in my life. I mostly auctioned off... Uh, Watermelons? Well, I, I was actually going to say people. mangoes and big toes with hangnails in them. Oh. There is actually a large amount of people, it turns out mostly Lincoln fans, that are really big fans <laughs> of specifically left toes with very engorged hangnails. Left big toes. Left big toes, big yes. Toes. Yeah, if, it's, if it's one of the little guys, you still get a dollar or two. No, or yeah, but no one really cares. You don't really get to go the... You know, and uh, here's seven, and here's seven, and oh, it sold for seven thousand eight hundred ninety-nine dollars. It was amazing. It went from seven dollars to seven thousand eight hundred. I'm surprised. Eighty-nine dollars. I mean, Lincoln paraphernalia. You'd think would go for a lot more money. Well, no, no, no. This isn't Lincoln paraphernalia. These are just Lincoln fans. Oh, who are really into left big toe hangnails. Yes. And I'm not going to get into why because it gets kind of blue. Yeah, that's. Uh, but so I that's don't really know that. that shouldn't explain. I don't really know that use of the word blue. Really, you've never oh, heard that. Oh, no wonder you didn't understand the blue ball reference. No, you I know what blue, about blue balls blue, and red I, balls. And what's the probability? Okay, okay. No, that no, you no, 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 no. See, uh, yeah. blue balls actually refers to when you have a rush of blood to the balls, and it actually happens to turn the scrotum. Why? Am I actually going through and explaining, <laughs> explaining. the scrotum? No, no, but blue, you know, sailors are very blue. It also refers to, uh, you know, filthy or sexual tinged language. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Or topics. Uh, so that one, I, knew, I know about the blood rush. Um, well, I'm, I'm sure we all and do. And I know about <laughs> hypergeometric distributions. It's, hi, it's the hypergeometric distribution that has yeah, the blue balls. Yeah, that's what we were talking about, the blue yeah. balls. I, or, I, get, I confuse that one in the negative. Or binomial. early combinatorics problems, probability problems. Well, that's that's how it came to be. Yeah, yeah you yeah, have right. seven red balls, three blue balls. What's the probability that you right. get a blue ball? Yeah, yeah. and that's there. And those probabilities, hundred percent. Yeah, those those probabilities and, and their distribution is called the hypergeometric distribution. It's not today's topic, so let's. No, uh, it's not because today's topic. Is primes. primes numbers now? Prime numbers are numbers that are divisible only by themselves and the number one, excluding. And these are, uh, I, I should also specify that these specifically positive. are positive integers. Hmm. And by definition, the number one is not a prime number. I've never really understood that. I, I don't see why. The number one can't be a prime. Um, Presumably, when you're talking about the various theorems, theorems start to break down if you let one be prime. Because then you always have to make special cases. Uh, you know, this oh, is true okay. for all primes except for well, one. Well, you often have to make special cases for two as well, because for some reason, two even, is the even only prime, even. It, it does yeah. weird things. Well, it's, I mean, um, it's the only even prime. Well, right, but if we were working in base three is the only prime nine, divisible by three. If we were working in base nine, then then... 
things that were divisible by three would be. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, it's our base system that makes two seem special. We yeah, have an I, even I know. Base mm-hmm. system, and so even numbers jump out at you immediately. So, uh, I mean, primes, of course, are, I mean, they're a very natural thing to wonder about because they do kind of jump out at you. I mean, just in general, when you start looking at numbers in, in early number theory. <laughs> Nathan oh. died. Yeah, uh, we oh, now have Necro Nathan. That might have even shown up on the mics. <laughs> it did. It definitely I'm showed sorry up. sorry about it. I just had to clear my So throat. we're going to continue talking about primes instead of about your hacking fit. And so primes just show up very naturally when you start looking at the natural numbers. And the natural numbers are the easiest ones to look at because, you know, we, we start dealing with them at a very young age, probably before we're even able to think about them properly because we see our fingers Fingers are a very good introduction to the natural numbers, especially natural yeah. numbers base 10. I was about to say primes, you at least need to know division before you can... Yeah, uh, but you can, you can kind of see it anyway. Because if, if you look at, if you just look at uh, the first 11 numbers, mm-hmm. 0 through 10, mm-hmm. you can see a decent amount of things by looking at your hands. Like 10, well, zero is that's kind of hard two to see. fives. Yeah. Well, 0 isn't you just don't hold up any fingers. Yeah, but that can be a slightly advanced concept. Yeah, zero, yeah. Okay, yeah, so one through ten. Okay. A, we don't need zero for this conversation anyway. Yeah, I was about to say. Uh, but you can see that, say, ten, mm-hmm. that's two sets of fives. Six, two sets of three. Right. Four is two sets of two. Uh, nine, you could actually see it's, well, there's one, two, three, one, two, three. One, you, two, three. You can't really do that on your fingers, so so well, I mean yeah, you, you can't can, you can you as, can if just you're going out of your way to count in threes, but yeah, well when you're an inquisitive arise. young child, I imagine that that is something that you might actually notice, depending on who you are. Yeah, but if you can think that far, you can probably do division pretty easily too. Well, I'm just thinking that this is this is something that you probably can intuitively understand before you understand division. But it's, yeah, it's, it's speaking a of division, pre-division. I. Division, at least in a way, is kind of how we uh, test for primes. And does do either of you know what the name for prime testing is? You're testing for Somebody's the... Somebody's sieve. No, no. I'm not oh. talking of the specific this oh. word test. Oh. I'm looking for a specific word. It ends in ality. Primality test? Yes, Nathan. The primality test. Okay. Um... <laughs> Why the hell were you trying to get us to say that? Uh, because I didn't want to just say it. Well, you said test for primes, and you want us to say primality, primality. test, like we're like, I don't know, in third grade or something? Yes. Add ality at you the know, end? You know, you guys... Do you know your suffixes? Cookies? I want a cookie. You know what? You guys are fucking animals, and if I don't do this kind of thing, you're just going to go off and start talking about blue balls again. So I'm trying to keep Actually, you on You're topic. the one who started off with the toe. Yeah, but I didn't specify why no, you just that didn't was tell people. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. But I mean, you don't talk about primality tests so much, really, because primality tests don't exist. I mean, they they you can test something to be a prime, but you have to do this exhaustive. There's nothing in polynomial time. Yeah, there is. Or there's nothing in in log time. Well, they, well, they yeah, test them log probabilistically. Time, log yeah. time doesn't matter. No. So there's there's composite tests that you can do, and, and it will tell you but if a number is we composite. Do, we do have actually very fast primality tests now. Well, oh, but they, I'm telling you that usually they're called composite tests. 
I, um, I was talking to a prime number theorist, as a matter of fact, the Canadian research chair in number theory uh, the other day. Yeah, that's right. I talk to these kind of people. Should, so, like, why is there a chair, a Canadian is. research chair in number theory? Well, there just, is. Well, Dr. Berger comes from there. We should probably know who he is. Yeah. Uh, well, I do. Yeah, uh, I've, I've spoke to him before. Mm. You can find out more about him on acmescience.com. Let's see. Did mm. I? I made it a full 10 minutes without showing I think that that website. was almost oh. exactly. I, I think I, I missed it by like 30 seconds. But yeah. it's, I mean. Oh. But, but if you it's include my little thing as well, then from my thing to your thing is probably about 10 minutes. You know how afterwards I said it actually is good. I concur with Sam. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, true. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, from about there, you're, you're probably right on that. So he did refer to them I as think, primality tests. Okay, but I think that, that that's probably because semantics. A composite, no, because but. a composite test, the difference, I think, between primality tests and composite tests, composite tests usually aren't fully exhaustive. Well, right. Well, right. the thing is, the, these They're things are called... kind of poking around. The primality test is actually an exhaustive test. Well, the reason, the reason that, that I'm calling them um, composite tests is because if if something happens, you've proved it's a composite. If it doesn't, then you suspect it's prime. No, the the one well, I'm talking about. The, there it's... is a there is an order p time algorithm now that can prove that a number is prime. Oh, but that one that one is only proved to be uh, order p, assuming the Riemann hypothesis is true. No, it's actually order p. Uh, there, I know that there are a couple order, order like low order uh, primality tests, but they assume the truth of the Riemann hypothesis. I, I don't remember um, the specific name of this test, but it has been shown. It's been proved. This was a huge result back in the early 2000s or yeah. mid 2000s. I think you were thinking that of the explains. same one. And it, it just... It just kind of like on the side says, assuming the Riemann hypothesis. Okay, well, we're not quite ready in our talking of prime <laughs> to start talking about the Riemann quite yet. Yeah, okay. Uh, but it does work yeah. in in the world as uh, as it it in order p time. Does it prove right. that numbers are composite if they're not prime? And if well, so, yeah, I'm assuming it doesn't find. If it's not prime, then it has to be composite. Yeah, I'm just wondering. There's no other type of number. Now, a composite right. number is a number that is created by well, I don't know multiplying two or two, two or, or more, more primes mm. together. Well, or uh, and those primes can be just the same prime over and over and over again as well. It's it they don't have to be two different primes. Right. Um, and, and I'm assuming it doesn't actually come up with the composite. No, it it doesn't the factor primes. them. Okay. No, no, it can't factor them that quickly. I was about to it say it can only that... tell you whether or not it is prime. No, okay. if, if we had an order p factoring algorithm, yeah, I was that, about to say that's that would NP, be the right? end. That no, 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 no. Wait, it would. That would that it, it would just be the end of the internet. Uh, <laughs> it would be. It wouldn't be the end of the internet. The internet would survive. It would be the end of internet commerce, right? As well, we know it. it would be the end of internet commerce until we start using. I mean, the we'd have to switch everything from RSA just need to being um, the, still the logarithm. The discrete log problem but is if, a different problem. But I think that they might be able to tie the two of them together in complexity. I'm not. I'm not sure. Because um, they're both NP hard problems. Yeah, and then and then um, the the uh, 
elliptic curve algorithm for encryption is also it's very similar to the discrete log and it's it's freaky like it's okay it's let's but it's also bit. an np hard problem so yeah. if one of them can be done in p the likelihood no. is, is that all of them can be done in p now uh we've just been kind of poking around let's actually talk about why primes are so important and uh, primes are so important to us because of cryptography and the way that modern cryptography is done. It's usually using very large uh, two-factor composite numbers. I, I would, so I would disagree one. with the word because there. One of the, I mean, you didn't say one of the reasons. Okay, but, I'm sorry, one of the reasons. I'm, but, I'm sorry for semantically bothering you, you jackass. No, I'm just saying that that, that that is a very recent discovery of the importance of primes. Um, yeah, but up until up until then, there, I mean, there just weren't a huge amount of applications it. in the real world for prime numbers. Okay, so why why is this important to people outside of math? But you said to us. Why are primes important to us? When I said and us, I was referring to the global us. As I thought in everyone. Well, even even okay. people inside math, they rarely care about how big primes get unless it has a particular application to it. Yeah, or they get the you know money from whoever is currently giving out money for finding gigantic prime numbers. It's probably the oh, you mean for the prize fund? Yeah, I was about to say fund. the NSA funds everybody. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm I'm talking like you know the even uh, me the oh. Great. Nathan's Thanks. A, now now I am on a watch list. This is this is just wonderful. Why Nathan's are you a, on a watch list? Because we've Because you've been in a about room a secret with government agency. Yep. Oh. And we've we've mentioned about number theory. We've mentioned primes. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> look out. Primes we talked are, about the likelihood of our encryption schemes being broken. If we had an <laughs> order P uh, right. Factoring algorithm. I mean, Information about primes is very sensitive to national security, so we shouldn't be. Uh, yeah, we just got Patriot acted. We're gonna. Yeah, this we're one's gonna this to... one's gonna get pulled down, boys. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of speaking of uh, you know Patriot Act and national security, we are recording this on what's today's actual date? Uh, the eleventh, eleven eleven oh nine, which it's a date of many importances. Uh, one of them being. It is corduroy day. Oh. Uh, 11 slash uh, 11, 11 looks very much like the whales of corduroy. Whales, W-A-L-E-S, or in other words, the, yeah. the raised things. Mm. But uh, a little bit more than that, it's also, I believe it's Armistice Day and Veterans Day. Oh, Veterans Day. That one I care about. That means I get off school. <laughs> well, I mean, Arnold's day, day, you know, on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month, mm -hmm. you know, and it was, I believe it was the end of World War One, correct? Well, we're not dead yet, so probably. Yeah. Okay. I think it well, ended. Uh, here at Combinations and Permutations, we do want to celebrate Veterans Day. And we're going to do that by calling up the one person that we know, well, not the one person that we as a group all know. Uh, well, actually, it would be the one person we as a group, group all, all know, know, but not us singularly. I'm sure there's more of us what, who I, know. I, I, Sam's making it too difficult, I think. I was, I was trying to kill I, time while I do something. I know one veteran. You only know one veteran? Well, maybe. I, I, I know that I know one veteran. I guess my uncle, my uncle served... What what's the what's the definition of a veteran? Someone who served in the military? 
Did you, did you have to see conflict? No, you did not have to see combat. Okay, then I know my uncle served in Vietnam, but he was in Germany. No, served that's fine. During G- Vietnam. In no, Germany. no, that's, mm. that's still a veteran. So uh, we do, and okay. we have one veteran who happens to be Combinations and Permutations alumni, which is, of course, the wonderful and inimitable undergraduate, Christopher Bates. And so we figured that as a uh, Veterans Day shout-out to, you know, our friend, as well as, you know, something fun to do, we are going to try and give Chris a call right now. Hopefully he picks up his phone. Are we going to hear it, like, ring? We should. Uh, Oddly enough, I I don't seem to be getting anything right now, which is, you know, not not good news, uh, especially since it's probably ringing. Uh, Just one second. I believe I may have just had a bit of technical difficulties, as in I did not in any way have the right material actually plugged into this thing where what what is what is going on here Uh, how about you guys talk about primes a little bit more and then we're going to try and give uh chris a call in a second so you guys just wax poetic okay um my i am propose we talk instead about prime numbers talk about the more general idea of primes there are such things as prime ideals. Well, then we'd have to talk about ideals. But there are prime ideals. There well, are prime... It, no, I'm just saying that, that the in algebra, the definition in, in rings, in, mm-hmm. in all rings, the definition of a... I, I always confuse irreducible and primes because in the natural numbers, it's the, it amounts to the same yeah. thing. Um, primes... Primes are... If it's, if it's divisors or it's divisors or units... Or something, Ir- or irreducible is. I know irreducible, and I know prime ideal. Okay, I know that prime irreducible ideal. means if if you, if a is irreducible, that means that um, if a equals b times c, then b or c is a unit. That means the only same thing. The only thing that divides it are instead of one in the number, it's units in the number. And pri- you know what prime ideals are? Um, I no I. I, I'm behind in my algebra. Okay, an ideal is you have a certain set of elements, and it's any combination of those elements added together, multiplied together, divided if your ring has division. Um, so added, subtracted, or multiplied together. Any of those are going to be in the ideal. And it's called an ideal only if, actually it's, I don't know if that's technically an ideal. It's a subring. But anyway, this subring is an ideal if and only if you, if you multiply this whole ideal, which means you multiply all the elements by the same element, on the left by something and on the right by its inverse. If you get back the ideal, then it's an ideal. Oh, that's similar to something. We but in order, in order to save primes in general rings, what they've done is they've called, they have um, prime ideals. And which means you have something called ideal division, which means if you multiply one ideal by another ideal, you might get another ideal that's smaller than the first two. But if there's no ideal that divides it, it's called a prime ideal. And normally, if an element's irreducible, it makes a prime ideal. Okay, so you you just take a single element, close it under addition and Mm -hmm. multiplication, 
And you have to throw in the identity? Or do ideals need to have the identity? Well, I think it needs to be a subring. Okay, so it would need the it would need zero, mm. but it would not necessarily need the identity because it might not be the identity. It needs whatever the original ring has. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I, well, if the original ring's got a zero and an identity, then your subring should have both. Okay. But yeah, but yeah, the point was it's a it's a complicated concept, but they've invented it. Why was it that they invented it? It was for Fermat's last theorem. Oh, oh, right, right. Because uh, so much of modern mathematics was invented to attack Fermat's last, ma last, last theorem. theorem. Yeah, yeah. Complex numbers were invented to help solve that. Um, Ideals were invented because something went wrong. A lot of a lot of elliptic curve stuff oh, yeah. was only was originally looked at to solve that problem. Actually, that's the one that eventually. Did solve yeah, it. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, yeah. That, it's, it's like, <laughs> that one actually worked. <laughs> it's, it's amazing how much math it could spawn. And then there are other problems like, um, like the Goldbach, Goldbach's conjecture, which, uh, which deals with which primes. Which we will be talking about in a little bit, but I think I have everything figured out. Uh, just we're going to have to do a little bit of creativeness. Uh, as in meaning that you guys are going to have to share that one pair of oh. headphones. Okay. Yeah, sorry about that. But I seem to have run out of a certain type of connector. So let us try calling Chris one more time. Uh, there we go. There. <laughs> Creative juices are flowing here as we get our headphones together. Bring. Bring. There we go. You guys got some ringing in your ears? Good, because so yeah. do we. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I don't. Oh, well, this should be fun. <laughs> you sure you don't? I don't hear any ringing. <laughs> well, Anthony and I are going to talk to him, and then he can give you the one working earbud. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just shout obscenities. <laughs> I don't think he's going to pick up this phone. You have reached the Sprint no, CTS voicemail box of 910273124. Uh, we swear this is actually. Hey, Chris, this is Combinations and Permutations. Yay. Yeah, that, that's Nathan. Anthony's here, too. Uh, we are calling you uh, to see if we could get you online here uh, for the podcast. Uh, you can give any of us a call within the next 40 minutes or so, and we'll try to actually get you on. Otherwise, uh, we just wanted to wish you, you know, a very happy Veterans Day from Combinations and Permutations and the AcmeScience.com community. That's right. I shilled again mm. on my friend's voicemail. So I hope you're having a great day, dude. Uh, we sadly, we couldn't get you. We appreciate your service toward our nation. Thank you. Anthony, you got anything? I'm just wondering. Maybe appreciation is better than happy. Is anything that has to do with the military really happy? Uh, okay, I wish you a I, very nice, nice Veterans Day. Veterans Day. Yeah, or some, you know, something like that. I, I really think that we're probably going to kill his voicemail with this yeah. one, though. <laughs> kind of happy about that. Yeah, dude, you're missing out on a great podcast, though. We're talking about prime numbers. Mm. As a matter of fact, we're just about to get off your voicemail, like right now, and uh, continue talking about prime <laughs> numbers. And you just had mentioned the Goldbach conjecture. So all right. That uh, that brings us into 
the idea of the important theorems in prime numbers. So let's start out with the Goldbach, and then we can uh, start talking about some of the other quite interesting theorems that are still open problems, too, in prime numbers. Um, so you mentioned you start. Every, the Goldbach conjecture is that every number... Integer. Every, every odd integer, integer greater than four, I think. Or maybe it's even. Or something can be written Well, as yeah, because we've, we already have every even integer. Oh, okay. So, so every, every even every integer greater than two is a Goldbach number, a number that can be expressed as a sum of two primes. Hmm. Uh, and so we just uh, want to prove that every number is a Goldbach number. Oh, okay. So we already have the even ones. We're just looking for the odd uh, ones. According to the Wikipedia, we already... Oh, no. Uh, we don't have it. It's Actually, that's the unsolved part. Oh, I was about to say, yeah. I thought it was the even part yeah, that was the unsolved like part. The is the odd part solved? There's no, no, it's impossible. Yeah, I, oh, think, okay. I think you can't yeah. do it. Yeah, oh, okay. it's, 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 yeah, it's very well, obviously Well, I mean, you might impossible. end up with primes. Well. Just look at, look at the number 10. 10 is even. I'm sorry. Look at the number, damn it, 15. No, that's, okay. I mean, we need, we need a large gap in primes. Well, what's the why, next prime after 23? Why, uh, why, just saying, what can you do with 15? Okay. What um, no? What added together can get you to fifteen? Thirteen and two. Oh, I forgot about thirteen. Um, okay, so twenty-seven uh, is is odd, and it is um, twenty-three is the next prime below it. Yep. Twenty-three mm. two is the only even number, so it's the uh, the only even prime. So two is the only prime that okay. when added to twenty-three yeah, is still so, going to be okay. Odd. So yeah, the Goldbach conjecture does deal of only with evens. Okay, right. I've just been schooled and actually taught something on an episode of combinations and permutations. <laughs> this is a first. I did I actually learn something now? I feel like I've schooled you every oh, day. <laughs> well, schooled me sure, but on math in the podcast. We're not it's, talking about our outside reference. No, I no, we're not talking about it, the outside world in math where he is actually a lot brighter than me in most subjects. We're talking about in here where I have control. We are in my dominion. Remember my, my style of proof I once declared? It's just that I say it so that, that oh, no, you guys weren't there for that one. But I decided no. on a new set of axioms where I just declare things to be true because I say so. That's a good How axiom. many axioms do, does your axiom system have? It had two. I, I, How could oh, there's it, another one besides that? There, there was the first one, which was that I believe ceiling fan is God. Oh, ceiling fan is God and Sam is right. Well, it's still yeah. a, it's still a redundant <laughs> axiom so long as you can get yourself to declare ceiling fan is God. No, no, I that's the one thing I'm not allowed to declare is uh, <laughs> who is God. Oh, uh, there's a there's a clause oh. to the second. Yeah. Okay, so the Goldbach conjecture. Uh, see what I'm wondering, do either of you know, I mean other than the fact that this is one of the million dollar clay millennium problems, mm. why anyone cares? Because it's so, I think uh, I mean, it's so was just, simple. Just it's, sitting there messing around with numbers, and he did it for the first couple, and then he made the conjecture. And it's such a simple conjecture to look at, like any two odd well, numbers, even numbers. That is true. A lot number. of I've been reading a bunch uh, for the other stuff I've been doing recently, specifically strongly connected components, which you can find at AcmeScience.com. Okay, I that swear was I'm less than ten minutes. Yeah, yeah I swear, I going, swear, I'm done showing now. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's, I, but I have been reading, uh, and from multiple people recently, I've either heard or read in their material that. Uh, having easy to understand open problems is very important 
because those are the ones that get people interested in math. Because, I mean, these are these glamorous, well-known problems. Mm. And the big one for the longest time was the Fermat. Yeah, but now it's... I mean, it, it used and to even be on thanks, Star Trek. Yeah, thanks thanks to Wiles, that jerk, and having solved it. He, and he solved it... Um, 1997? Four or five, four four or five, or five I, think. I think. Yeah. He published it in four, and then it took him a year to plug the holes. Oh, okay. And, <laughs> and so... Yeah, I mean, no reference to plugging holes. holes. So... Anthony, you would have been old enough to actually know about this problem before it was solved and, and be able to really kind of grasp it. But Nathan and I would have been too young at that point. I, to I, really I remember. I was, I was in high school. Yeah, yeah but I, I mean, mean, that's, that's early enough to... Grasp to grasp oh, it. no, you're right. It would have been you're early right. enough for you to really... But I mean, hear about and have known. A lot of people start messing around with it in high school and trying yeah. to find... You know, just, just being like, well, doesn't it seem like if I choose this for A, this for B, and this for C, and I let N equal five, that this works? works yeah. And I mean, obviously, we know now that it it just doesn't. I mean, just period, it doesn't yeah, work. Proven. Well, I've been told by hundreds of people or whatever really that that it's that it's true. But I can't read that proof. I can, I you, can't really verify that his proof yeah, is but, accurate. But I mean, that's one thing about being in the mathematical community. There are a few people who can verify it. Mm. <laughs> But there, Actually, there was a good one on a, a Homer Simpson T-shirt. I think I saw. Well, it, it was from one of the Treehouse of Horror episodes uh, when he was in the in the plane world. It was actually a flat plane, but it started getting sucked in and things oh, like all that. I know is, and there was something. There was a uh, a oh, sequence of numbers in yeah. the sky that you know people mathematicians who were watching the Simpsons immediately like oh my god yeah, said, did seemed... Graining find one yeah. of all people mm-hmm. i mean they are math geeks over there and Graining specifically is mm-hmm. but it turned out that the computer just keeps dropping the digits so it made it only the computer thought it worked out <laughs> uh, and it was just having these easily understood <laughs> i i don't wait what nothing <laughs> nothing that was that was a the poor attempt at a joke Fine, fine. <laughs> and so having these... point is it shows up in culture. Yeah, and it, and it did. And mm-hmm. uh, people, at least I've talked to a few people recently who talked about trying, trying it in high school. Mm. And when I was going through math in high school, I really wasn't super interested in it because there were none of these interesting problems that I heard of that nobody had solved. And I kind of wish somebody would have told me at the Goldbach because mm. this sounds like one that even in high school would have been interesting. Like just saying, we haven't been able to show that... Yeah. The, that even numbers are expressible as two primes. And we believe it's true because we can show now that even numbers are expressible in a finite number of primes. I can't remember how many it is. We can it do is. it up to at least four or three. Yeah, I well, didn't think actually, we were that close. No, the, I thought we were in the hundreds or thousands. The the first the first oh, time one of these one of these proofs with finitely many primes was done, it was something like forty three thousand primes, and that was a huge leap forward. That Just even numbers can finite. be can be representable. Yeah, because you're in the finite realm, which means all you have to do is is inch your way closer. <laughs> mm-hmm. There is a result by Roger Heath Brown and with the uh, pseudo primes. Well, no, no, not uh, well. They were the first, or they were one of the people to do this. But let's actually about the one that Pence and uh, Rusa showed. Uh, they've been able to show that uh, with the sum of two primes and at most eight powers of two, they can mm. uh, do any number. Uh, okay. Number theorists are weird people. Yeah, I like, yeah, that's interesting. 
So that means that uh, okay. No, and there's also there's also one that says that that it, um, any even number can be written as the sum of a prime and a pseudo prime, which is um, two primes multiplied, uh, which is massive. That oh, yeah. thing that when that that happened just recently and out of nowhere, like. With with the, the interesting thing about uh, Fermat's last theorem is the thousands of people working on it came up with useful theorem, useful oh, they, tools that just that just did. revolutionize math over and over and over. Yeah, but when you work on the Goldbox conjecture, you're just shooting in the dark. It doesn't. There's no. <laughs> it, it is like, it is pure masturbatory number theory. Like like there, I don't see anything else that could possibly come out of this because this is just yeah. it's a partition game. Mm. And while I really like partition theorists, I've talked. I, I know a couple of partition theorists. They're, they're very interesting people and very nice people. But uh, it's still, I mean, it, it's an odd thing to spend your time doing just trying to figure out the ways that you can sum up numbers or multiply up numbers. I think the idea is that if somebody actually came up with a theorem, they would know a lot more about how prime numbers are distributed than they knew before. And that could probably be used for a lot of other stuff. Well, speaking of prime number distributions, let's There's let's start talking prime number distribution. Let's start talking about a different theorem. We're not we're not to the Riemann yet. We got oh. two more to cover before we start talking about the Riemann. You can talk about averages. Uh, let's first talk about a distribution one and that is the prime number theorem. Guys, you guys the know that there are infinitely many primes. Oh god, no. That that was that was proven by Euclid. Way okay. back in the day. Yeah, that was uh, the first thing we mentioned. Oh, okay. okay. That seems like the, the average... This, this is the prime number theorem states... The prime number... You, you know, you could just let me get the fucking okay. theorem out. I'm just... It's more fun to guess. <laughs> the prime is number theorem prime? states, if you randomly select a number nearby some large number n, the chance of it being prime is about 1 over log n. Where log n denotes the natural, well, ln denotes the natural logarithm of n. For example, near 10,000, about one in nine numbers is prime, whereas near a billion, only one in 21 numbers is prime. In other words, yeah. the average gap between prime numbers near n is roughly log n. Yeah. I actually did that in my undergraduate number theory class. Right. I've, I've, I've seen that proof. Um, and it, it, it had to do with the summation. Um, you, you sum one over P for over the primes and show that it diverges or something. And then... I forget how it goes. And then that, that gives you a lower bound or something. Oh. But sadly, uh, we can only state that it's, you know, about... Yeah, roughly. log in. Right, right. We can get some bounds, but uh, there's, you know. Yeah, that's an average rather than. Right. So we we know that, like there there's some. I mean, to say something is about, you know, the average gap is about one over log n means you have to. Um, I mean, it means you have to come up with bounds that are very close to it, and in a sense. So, yeah, and, and mm. so, Sally, while this is technically not an open problem per se, it is a not-quite-closed problem either. Because if you could prove the actual distribution of primes... Yeah, if you had a function that gave just, you an explicit... could, yeah, could if, tell you explicitly... Instead of bounding and yeah. estimating the numbers. But let's talk about an actual open problem. This is the one that we're going to talk about 
before we decide to head out and uh, try to talk about the Riemann, which I don't know if any of us are actually qualified to talk about the Riemann. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, but there is one other really famous unsolved prime number theorem, and that's the twin primes. Oh, oh, oh yeah. okay. And that states that there are infinitely many primes P such that P plus 2 is prime. Right. Mm. There's also a triple prime conjecture. Well, there's, there's, I, there's a lot there's of There's a different. lot of them related <laughs> yeah. to that. But right. twin prime, is, wouldn't is twin prime give down. you triple prime? No. Tri- yeah, it should. Because uh, if you have infinitely many such that P and P plus 2 are prime, then if you switch P plus 2 back to, say, an index Q, you also get Q plus 2. No, that... It's impossible for P, P plus 2, and P plus 4 to all be prime because one of those three has to be divisible by 3. So first of all, the, the statement is there are infinitely many primes such that P, no, P plus numbers, 2... No, three and, numbers in a row have to. Well, if you, if you, if you look oh, at Oh, if those, you do it that way, because it would be divisible by 6. One of those will be divisible by... Six, because they'd be three. six numbers in a row. Well, it's because it's if the first one is one mod three, then the next one will be zero mod three. If the first one is two mod three, the next one will be one mod three, and oh, the next yeah. one will be zero. zero mod three. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, it's the same thing as saying it's divisible by six. Yeah, but threes. Not, yeah, I know. Not really, not fun. one of the th- one of it, those does not. It's six numbers. It's six numbers in a row. One of them is divisible by six. Well, right. Right, um, and then this oh, one's yeah. not so even three. Yeah, it, it's a little bit. It's a so little then, bit different. then triple primes have to be something different because yeah. obviously you can't have it's. It's the smallest group of three in a row that can be prime. So it's p oh, p okay. plus two and p plus six. Those three, um, if those three are primes, there are infinitely many of those. Is the is the triple prime conjecture, but. Obviously, if that and that one implies the twin primes, and the quadruple prime implies the triple prime, etc. Oh, okay, there is a more general version uh, from Da Blognac. Really, I'm butchering this guy's name, and that's that there are infinitely many prime pairs p and p prime such that p minus or p prime minus p equals two k. Uh, so it's oh, a multiple okay. of two. Yeah, yeah, and that would give two. us. Any amount, of, any type right. of pairing that we, right, right, that we yeah. want. So that's a yeah, that's a more general paired primes conjecture, I guess. Mm. Um, just, now this this one could actually be kind of interesting as far as other things go. I think I I don't know for sure, but it seems that this one, uh, maybe not. I it seems like it should have more effect than say the Goldbach conjecture to me. I don't know why it just seems like it should. Yeah, I mean, it, what these, mm-hmm. what this and the Goldbach conjecture have in common is they're trying to relate the primality, which is something based on multiplication, with addition. Um, and it's for some strange we- reason, even though yeah, multiplication is defined as re- repeated addition and things like that, um, addition and multiplication don't speak to each other like at all. So you can't really talk about this combination of primality with with adding two. It just there's there's no known successful yeah. tools that can really get you jack shit as far as as Additive. far as proofs. Additive number theories generally has much more difficult proofs than multiplicative number theory. 
Okay, well, now we've gotten to the one that everybody's been waiting for. And the one thing that I've read a lot about and still have absolutely no understanding of the problem itself, that, of course, being the Riemann hypothesis. Now, we are actually on the, uh, was the 200th anniversary, I believe, was a few days ago. Oh. Of the, uh, of when this was... First proposed. First proposed, yeah. Or no, no, 250th. It was Mm. the 250th anniversary because it was proposed uh, 1859. Now, the Riemann hypothesis, I'm going to get this from Wikipedia because this is not one that I can generally say off the top of my head. Um, It's a conjecture about the distribution of zeros of the Riemann zeta function, stating that all non-trivial zeros of the Riemann zeta function have real part one-half. Why the An fuck does anything? Why why does this have anything to do? Somehow, if you can find out where all the zeros of this function are, I think you can find all the primes. No, what you do is you prove a bound. Uh, you prove what is believed to be an optimal bound on the distribution of primes based on the prime number theorem. The yeah, yeah. So so proving that. Is is equivalent. It's if and only if this optimal bound on well, he the had, primes is is accurate. He had a uh, explicit formula for the number of primes less than a given number. Le- explicit. Explicit. Um, yes. Explicit. His wasn't explicit. It counts the number of primes where prime power, uh, which counts primes where prime power pn counts as. 1 over n of a prime. The number of primes can be recovered from this function. Yeah, so it kind of tells you where all the primes are located. Well, if that... So, I mean, if this were true, then you could just assume it's true and then then check. I think it required... Throw in an n. I think it required a couple of other things. They've done it. And they they have done it up to a lot of different places, and it it stays true. I really think that there's an error term. Uh, It it tells you explicitly. No, it's an explicit. No, it's an explicit. It's explicit. It's an explicit formula. That's if you assume it, you can find all sorts of bounds on it. But no, there there is uh, a term in there that involves the zeros of the zeta function. Yeah. And so you need to know the zeros. Otherwise, this explicit formula is not true. Mm. Okay. So my, my guess is probably this zeta function is essentially just spitting out primes. Um, I mean, they're encrypted primes, and all you do is they're decrypt the primes. The zeros. Yeah, de- decrypt the zeros of this function to get the primes. I mean, that's, that's essentially, what's going on. essentially what's going on then. Yeah, um, um, and sadly, I honestly cannot tell you what the hell a zeta or Riemann zeta function is. Yeah, that's the part I don't. Yeah, there, there. I know I've that seen zeta. Them, I've seen them explicitly written out before. Couldn't tell you what they were. Oh, uh, I've mm. seen them too. They're they're always pi. They're always written as as uh, they're as, a, as products. Yeah, they're know. a product. Mm. Um, yeah, they're they're often used as random number generators. Um, zeta functions. Oh yeah, or they I knew were that. they were used as pseudo random number generators, and I think they still are. They um, are to a point. We have right. better ways right. of doing pseudo random. Right. But in, during World War II, a mm, lot of codes now. and things like that were. We can't do random. We can never do random. 
we well, can't. I guess it's only pseudo-random, but if you do like nuclear detection. Yeah, but it's still, we're collapsing, blah, 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 Heisenberg, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And uh, since Chris isn't here, we don't have to talk about this. Yeah, I mean, you do have some problem with the collapse is not quite random. I, I mean... I mean, essentially, um, there there are there are things that we cannot detect any difference between pure random and this physical outcome, like flipping a coin. Um, Yeah, it might not be a perfect fifty-fifty thing. Okay, we I mean, there's no perfect coin, but we cannot detect detect any pattern in the randomness of flipping a coin. Um, So so. Um, while you may not be able to say it's truly random because it does have a cause and effect and you should be, if you knew everything, you should be able to predict the outcome and blah, 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 blah. philosophical question. But but it is, it is random, damn it. Like it is truly random. Uh, I don't care what your definition says. (laughs) Uh, Well, I, I just subscribed to the actual mathematical definition of randomness. Oh, what's that? The, the, there is... Uh, the probability that any number shows up is exactly the same as the probability that any other number will show up. And computers detecting nuclear decay uh, doesn't have that distribution? It's not, no, it's not perfectly random. It's, it's close. It is really close, but it's not perfectly random. It must be something about computers that I don't know, because I don't... No, it's, it has to do with the collapsing the probability waves. It's some, I've, it was explained to me by somebody else. I think, I think it might be, mm, maybe it's not provably random. I mean, um, that, that's probably I could true. See, I could see that. We have nothing that we have proved to be perfectly random, but... Well, I mean, um, physics, you can't prove quantum mechanics. We've proved it to be random. What? Well, we can't, you can't really <laughs> prove things mathematically in science. That's just basically what the problem is. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I'll, I'll buy that. So, so maybe, maybe true, true randomness doesn't, doesn't make sense. I mean, not in a mathematical way, anyway. Yeah. I mean, uh, true, true randomness is a mix between some ideological idea and a physical idea, and yeah. they shouldn't be mixed. That's probably that's what, what it comes down to. <laughs> well, that just seems like a silly thing in general. Why shouldn't we mix? We should always mix. Mix everything. Well, I mean, it's a real, real philosophical question whether random things exist. Period. I mean, if oh, that's if you're true. a predestination. Yeah, that, no, I'm, I'm predestination. Everything is uh, fated to be. Then you don't believe anything is random. Yeah, and uh yeah i mean that's that's generally too true and just uh i mean it really doesn't matter but we do have uh very good news i just got word that we will have a phone call in just a second to our favorite man in uniform and that headphone will work right now i can guarantee that it does it's gonna be incredibly loud though and so let's try this one more time guys hey chris Uh, chris all right, I hear you. Okay, hey, buddy. Hey. You're, you're on combinations and permutations. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh... It's like a dream come I'm, true. Uh, do I win a prize or something? Well, it is Veterans Day, and since you are our favorite veteran, we decided to, you know, say thanks and all that. 
I appreciate yeah, you. I really well, th thanks. Thanks. You know, it's, it's very, very important that you appreciate our appreciation. Yeah, because that, be that's what this day is all about. Yeah. You, us appreciating yeah, it's, you. It's, it's not it, about you. It's making sure that you feel really bad that you don't <laughs> say that you appreciate us more often. <laughs> well, I, but, but I don't. <laughs> thanks well, thanks okay. so uh we're talking about prime numbers today i was just wondering if you had uh anything that you wanted to add to the conversation um prime numbers are bullshit they 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 don't exist all no. numbers all numbers are wow, that is... anything without the composite mm. wow that is that is strong words coming, but it's, I guess it is your day, so we can't we can't really claim that they're not bullshit. I thought so, it was about us. No, it's not about us. It's actually oh. about him. But oh, it's about I was him. Wrong about this. It's about him giving us our due. Oh, it's about. I thought. See, it's about him protecting us, <laughs> our appreciating him. Where has he come into this? You know, I, I actually did a uh, a PLS out of a car this morning. A what? Uh parachute landing fall <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm mildly damaged but i think i'll be okay <laughs> why did you jump out of a car with a parachute on <laughs> well no 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 parachute though oh that's <laughs> even worse landing fall how can you out jump out of a car, car without, without a parachute, parachute. <laughs> you probably plummeted to your death but uh, it was all right what okay. i still got it are you sure we're not talking but to I think your I should ghost probably mathematics <laughs> Okay, uh, so other than primes being bullshit, you got anything else you want to add to the prime number conversation? Um, I would highly recommend the movie Pie. Okay. But that's probably uh, best left for another podcast. You know, we, we have that's... talked about it before on mm -hmm. more than one occasion. And so we'll probably talk about it again next time you're around. All right. Okay, well, well... I appreciate the call. Oh, yeah, not, yeah. A, not a problem, and uh, thanks once again for jumping out of, like, 60 planes for us. And a car. And a car. Yeah, and a car. <laughs> I, uh, should, I should get a tab for that one. It'll be like a car with wings coming out the <laughs> Okay, well, have a, have a good night, Chris. We'll see you tomorrow, buddy. Hey, I miss you. Right. Cheers. Bye. So uh, that was Christopher Finally. Bates. On the phone. Yeah, pi is, pi is weird. Not only is it not an integer, it's not rational. It's not algebraic. It's transcendental. It's yes, yes, it is, but we're not talking about pi. pi. As a matter of fact, we have completely really run our code. Times. We have really uh, you know, run our race today. Uh, we're, we're over an hour already. I, I think after the editing of that, uh, those issues Calls. that you guys thankfully did not have to hear, because I am not going to leave all of that in there. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Yeah, it was it was it was a snafu. The maze of phone <laughs> lines and answering machines. And, yeah, yeah, well, and when and when the the line started fighting back. Oh man! Yeah, I was like, I got scarred. They attacked. From that. They attacked me like a really nasty hangnail. So. <laughs> More enjoyable. <laughs> okay, so but Sam did enjoy it. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so for Anthony Solari, Nathan Rowe. All of those prime numbers and all of those Goldbach numbers. And of course, acmescience.com, where you can also find our forums, where you could at this point be the first person other than me to have posted on them. And then, you, you know, you can claim that you're super, super awesome. And I 
hope to get them up and running, you know, get a nice community there. And we will take part in them as long as there's people actually talking on there. We'll say, answer your math questions. Post math questions up on the forum. Please post math questions. You post some we math may. questions up there, we'll either answer them on the forum itself or we will answer them in an upcoming Answering Your Questions podcast. We could Plus, steal them and make yeah. money off them, too. Plus, Anthony's <laughs> been looking for uh, for a dissertation topic. So, yeah, so, yeah, so if you have uh, any really good, good math questions. questions. Yeah, I got some interesting open <laughs> problems. Anthony will steal it and get a PhD from it. Yep. So once again, this is Samuel Hansen, the host of Combinations and Permutations, saying bye-bye. No, I'm not going to say bye-bye. Bye-bye is just a bad way of signing off. That's the way the cookie crumbled. <laughs> Saying there are infinitely many triple primes. Well, that is it for another episode of Combinations and Permutations. As always, if you want to find out more about the things we talked about on this episode, you can visit the blog page at acmescience.com, where you can also find out about the other cool internet things that we here are currently doing. As always, the music on Combinations and Permutations is done by SP12, who you can find at opsounds.org. And Combinations and Permutations is a Creative Commons attribution share-alike licensed podcast, so you can remix as much as you want as long as you say that we gave you the original audio and you also let other people remix your work. Other than that, I don't think we got anything else to say other than if you want to give any feedback to combinations and permutations, just pop me an email at my actual email address, the one that I check multiple times daily, way more than I probably should, and that is samuel at acmescience.com. Thank you all for listening, and I hope that until we can bring you another one of these, you have a fantastic week.